0: Okay, Erev Tov everyone, this week is Parshas Akev. I'll get a reminder, there'll be no class the next two weeks. I'll be out of town, in Tzashem, or busy with Sheva Brachas, and we will continue three weeks from today, which should be, I think, August 21st, something like that. Uh, so that, that should be around Rosh Chodesh uh, Elul. So that's when we'll...
1: Wait, you back on when? The To give give the class, to to give the class. The
0: next two classes we're skipping. And I'll be away for about a week. So, Okay, Okay. Parshas Akev discusses a number of items. We're going to focus on one of these items. Remember, Moshe is reviewing some of the history and in the process giving rebuke and teaching us to not make the same mistakes and have the courage to enter Eretz Yisrael. So in the first source, Moshe says, Remember and don't forget how you angered Hashem your Lord in the desert. This is, by the way, one of the six, or if you're a Svardi, one of the ten remembrances that a Jew should uh, remember, not forget. It's in the arts scroll Sitter at the end of Shacharis. You have an Ashkenaz one, I'll give you six, a Sephardi one has 10. So that's the one line that is in the Siddur. So and what is this all about? So he, in general, the, it, it gets us to the point of the sin of the golden calf. That is what it talks about. And it goes on for a long, it just repeats the whole story. And uh, we all know that sad story. It goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And then it just goes on for about a whole chapter. It's like a complete review of everything that happened. And then when you get to chapter 10, Pasad so all of a sudden, at the end of that story, which takes about a chapter, source number two is the next topic. And it says... And the Jewish people traveled from Be'eros B'nei Ya'kon, Moserah, to the place of Mosera, Shom Mes Aaron. There Moshe Aaron dies. Aaron dies. Yeah. Now, from story one to story two is how long? About 38 years. Okay, so Rashi is concerned with that juxtaposition, of why are these two events put together? And I really should put Rashi 10.6, not 10.7, it's a typo. So Rashi wonders, why are these two um, stories put together? And Rashi gives a number of answers, and the one we're gonna focus on is Vesamach Moshe tochei chazu l'shibor haluchos. And Moshe picked this reproof immediately after the mention of breaking the tablets. Lamer te teacha shkosha misoson shel tzadikim it is very hard the death of tzadikim lifta korj parchu before Hashem, kayom shenishtav lo ba luchos like the day that the luchos were broken okay so I want to focus on this line over here now there's uh two questions you might want to ask or maybe even three questions. So what, are we, what, what is Rashi saying? Well, there's some common denominator between breaking of the Luchos and the death of the righteous people. And what is this? Well, it's something that's very kosher, very hard, very difficult. Now, obviously, the breaking of the Luchos was one of the worst things that happened to the Jewish people sin of the golden calf is pretty terrible. So, in, there's a lot of things, you know, if I would have asked you, the breaking of the glucose is as bad as, or as hard as, and I left a blank. See, I did it again. I should have done that first. I should always do that. Sometimes I remember to do it, sometimes I don't. Oh. I spoiled it all, because now you can't think of, the, of another answer. But you go home tonight, so if you... Uh, Right. Your spouse yes. says, Sorry. you know, That's okay, the, the breaking of the glucose is as bad as... You yes, say, despise. Yeah. I don't think the first answer would be the death of the righteous. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of bad things, mm-hmm. right? Um, So, obviously, if Rashi is picking this, there must be a way that it's specifically of all the things we want to compare the breaking of the luchos uh, we're comparing that to the death of a tzaddik so why is that number one and number two what does the word kusha mean literally means heavy, difficult and again how can something be difficult for Hashem now either way in what in what way does it appear that Rashi is comparing the two of them? What like, what would you just say if you're forced to give some kind of connection? What would be the connection? Both difficult. Both I'm hard. sorry. Both difficult. Both hard. Both. Well, Rashi said that. But yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I would guess we'd say tragic. Sure. Wouldn't that be a, the yeah. single and calf was was terrible.
1: But the breaking of
0: and the breaking of the tablets was the culmination of it. Correct? So, it's, it's so to speak like the tablets died. <laughs> yeah.
1: So to speak. It's, like a, it's almost like a
0: representation of the relationship between As and Hashem. Right. Okay, us and Hashem. So the, how does that connect with the Tzaddik was a good relationship yeah. with Hashem. So you want to say if the tzaddik dies, that affects our relationship with Hashem? I think
1: so. Okay. It's, it's it's it sounds to me like it's something. When you break something, it's violent. When somebody dies, and someone's in mourning, they tear a the garment, tearing, breaking. It's like some some. It feels like something is being shattered, whether oh, it's the person's okay, not soul, but.
0: Maybe like someone the dollar door is passing away, everything is shocking away, even the spiritual world up. So someone like Aaron is passing away. All, all the world is shaking. It was it's a big tactic. He's defending Army defending all the world. It's not uh, I mean, it is usually... Okay, so how how does the luchos fit into that though? Oh, something like that. Is what gone. is
2: our connection to yeah.
0: Hashem? Again, you, we're we're just saying they're bad things, but um, again, we could have picked other bad. There's a lot of bad things we could have picked. So that so we have to say, well, why do we say that when the tzaddik dies, that's the one we compare to breaking luchos, as opposed to the sin of the spies, was also pretty bad, and pretty tragic. So it's it's a challenge to know what is. There's so many bad things we can talk about, um, and the Torah is the Dafka putting Aaron's death over here. So we have to uh, go a little bit deeper and see what's what's going on there's over also here. the
2: time period in between, which is quite lengthy. It's not well, so, that's, not that's not a problem.
0: That's a problem. God could do what He wants in that, but yeah. the <laughs> message is inherently the way Rashi is saying That is the message that one is is, is and also, kush is a hard word. It could be sad. This idea could of it, kush. Kush something is hard. It to do
1: with a lack of, of, of value. Top, tablets are very valuable. They have a... So, sadic... And sadic's life is... Sadic is, is valuable. To, both so. things, are things that you want to follow. You want to follow the, the, the glucose you want to follow. The sadic is something that you want to follow. We can't follow them. That, to me, that's
0: the connection. That, so, know, or cool. maybe the connection. Okay. the connection the, with Hashem between us and the, the connection that they also connect us to the high level of Hashem. Something well, with
2: connection. Something. But
0: okay. It, so, what happening. do you want to say? It's when the tablets broke, we lost the connection with Hashem, the connection, and when the tzaddik dies, we lose the connection with the Hashem. Connection much, weaker, much, much weaker. Much weaker. Not it's so strong like the, before. It's we, weaker.
2: If you, you put yourself, if you did, on the
0: other hand. You know, uh, the first tablets are broken. Hashem gave us a second pair. Yeah. Yeah. Sadiq dies. Hashem sends us another one. No.
2: but it's also an act of right. despair. Okay, it's like it's you know, if you, if you go there and the tablets are broken, you know, it's 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 a, it's a moment of despair. And also with you know with Aaron, with the first going at all, I mean, he was he's was, he was a great leader. a Sadik perhaps there's also a, a level of despair amongst the Jewish okay, people. Okay, okay. He wasn't the first Siddharth to die. Ones sure. had died uh, before him.
1: There's also a connection yeah. to uh, yeah, yeah,
0: before but, they had the tablets. True, <laughs> true. But Moshe has to sort of uh, contain his words to what's happened to them in these 40 years. Okay. So in these 40 years, we're putting all the stories, so we're saying, okay, in these 40 years... These, these it's
2: like a perfect fit so it's, my book ends basically one's at the beginning of the 40 years one's at the end of the 40 years
0: well we could the beginning it's well the sort of yeah, it's well, sort of, of but not exactly the beginning and not exactly the end yeah. towards, the beginning, towards the end towards the end okay so let us now we're going to introduce another difficulty well clearly one thing sounds it's like bad the tablets are broken, it's, so now what happens to the tablets once they're broken? And
1: they stay in the ark though, don't they? They keep them.
0: They well, what, what, what did Moshe do? He put it in an ark.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So, let's put it this way, you're looking at the broken tablets, what's your, What? Sure. Uh, uh, you now imagine you have a museum piece. You got the broken tablets, right? I mean, they went into the ark. so we'll call it, for lack of a better word, a museum piece. Okay, so you walk by the museum. Here is the broken tablets. Wait, what feelings is that going to evoke in you? Remorse. Anything what? else? When it happens, different than now. When it happens, you have to the, the despair. Despair when it happens. No, but I'm saying, but now you're looking at it. So what? What do we? Why why was it put into the ark? It's and what what you what usefulness did it have? A last no. What?
2: A lost
1: opportunity. A reminder. Okay. Alright. Hashem inscribed it with his hand so to speak. Hashem? Inscribed the luchas,
2: he himself.
0: Yes. Okay. So, so, so it's it's more like a reminder of things, huh? Okay. So let's see what uh, what we have uh, in source number four, when we talk about the travelings of the Jewish people, it says, And the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant traveled before them three days. Now, which one was traveling? This is the Ark that they would take out with them to battle. Ubo Shivre Luchos And that is where the broken tablets were placed. Okay. So, from Rashi, not everybody agrees with this and I don't want to get too complicated over here, but it's clear from Rashi, when the Jews went out to battle, they took the Ark that held the broken tablets. In other words, there was the Ark that, uh, that was uh, held the not broken tablets, and that stayed in the Mishkan. But there are other opinions on this. So, in case you say this over, because I know I thought they're both together. There, there's different opinions here. But according to Rashi, clearly, um, these broken tablets were were in a different kind of an ark. And when the Jews went to battle, the tablets went out with them. Now, this is very. Interesting. This almost... Now, let's think about this. Why would we do this? What do I mean? Well, we know when the Kohen Godel did the service on Yom Kippur. And that's a very serious service. Generally, whenever a Kohen Godel did his service, he wore his eight-piece garments. Eight garments. And the eight represents all kinds of spiritual things. He always did the service of eight garments, except on Yom Kippur we're part of the service especially when he went into the Holy Holies, was only with white garments. Well, that's shocking. You'd figure he'd come with everything he's got on Yom Kippur. And what's the reason why we don't? Well, that might be one of the reasons but the main reason is the other four garments contain gold uh, threads. And the gold... Reminds us of the golden calf And there's a principle kategor nasa sanegor." You can't turn a prosecutor Into a defense attorney So the coin God is asking for kapara So you don't want to remind Hashem of any misdeeds And I know it's not such an overt one It's a very slight one Because there's no calf over there But it's just gold so we want to say it's far away of reminding Hashem of any misdeeds so we don't even have gold threads for the coin gudal. But don't
1: the broken tablets remind
0: you of that? Ah, them? that's where really you're too, uh, step ahead of me. Very good. Excellent. So the question now is, but let's, let's just uh, fortify the question. First of all, if you look in source 5, I'm sorry I didn't have time to put the English. Over there, God says in Kisisa, it's okay, I won't destroy the Jews now. But whenever they mess up again, they're going to be a punishment for what they do then. And a little bit of the golden calf is reserved for punishment then as well. That's what Rashi says. Whenever I'm going to have to punish them, and there's any sin that we did, it comes from the golden calf. That means it's, it's sort of uh, still on our minds. And in source number six, when we go, says, when we go out to war, you got to be careful of not doing anything bad. Why? Because when we go to war, Satan prosecutes. It's dangerous. In other words, for the soldiers, it's as dangerous going to battle if they're going to come out alive, as dangerous it is for the Kohen Godel to come out of the holiest of holies alive and Yom Kippur. So, what we see, it's a very dangerous place. And more than that, source number seven, the officers come out and they speak to the people, and says, Whoever's afraid shouldn't go to battle. And Rash says, one of the dishes, per- if you're afraid from your sins. Two, And the Balaturim, source number eight, says, When you go out to battle, only who go out to battle are tzaddikim. If you talked between your putting on your tefillin shaliyat and tefillin shalrosh, out! You're too big of a sinner. So, what do you see from all of this? Going to war is very dangerous. Satan is looking for any little, little Avera. You're talking that people went to battle with the holiest people. So, why in the world would we want to bring up a reminder and this is a much bigger reminder than a golden thread I mean a golden thread it isn't wasn't even there at the golden calf Like, you know what I mean while the broken tablets whoa this is a really bad reminder yet still in all this is the ironic thing and this has to forces us to change our focus about how we what, what comes to mind when we look at the broken tablets. Somehow those broken tablets have to be a protection of some kind yeah. when that's the last thing you think that they are, which is going to force us to shift our view. Of what's going on over here.
1: But the interesting thing is, when the Vishtim stole that, and wasn't that the one, the art that they stole, the one with the broken tablets? Okay, that's. They, uh, that would see that might it,
0: have been, I, you know, that's a good question, which one it was.
1: No, I thought it was the one with the broken, and when they tried to. Yes, there like, was the all kinds of what things was going on
0: tablet. over there. Mm-hmm. Yes?
1: Yes but there's a big
0: again I'm t- there's a big debate exactly some say it was the whole tablets and the broken tablets. Okay. you know there's a lot of discussion, but one thing's clear the way Rashi understands this is clearly there's got to be something very positive about this so of course the natural Jewish things well, you see it in any negative thing, there's always a positive thing, but you have to have a much clearer answer for this and and somehow this this all has to get us back to. You know, this is one of the six remembrances in Source 1. You know, don't forget how the Jews, they really got Hashem angry. Now, there's a lot of things we did to get them angry, but the big one was the golden calf. And I guess if if you're looking at the broken tablets, that'd be a way to remember. But what is exactly we're remembering? So this is one set of questions, okay? Let's just put that to the side and look at another set of questions. Source number 9 it tells us about how Moshe is going to come down the mountains and he has the luchos. So let's see what these the first luchos before they were smashed. luchos eloi The luchos were God's work which means the material of the first luchos God made it as opposed to the second Luchos. The second Luchos was from material that was on the mountain. The first Luchos, it's like, I can't describe how he did it. He just whipped it out. Like, boom, here it is. Here, it's it. Moshe goes up to the mountain, it's not like we're quarrying out a rock or anything. It's just there. It's like from heaven. Like the manna came from heaven. The tablets were were sent from from the highest worlds of creation. Okay, so it's not like anything else when we built the temple. Everything we did to build the temple, everything was from materials that were on planet Earth. The first house did not come from planet Earth. Okay, they were physical. Physical but they did not come from planet earth that's what it means so would that mean that they have
1: a supernatural strength well
0: what we what whatever, whatever it's, a, it's a what do you call it a transcendental reality it was physical you could touch it Moshe obviously held it but it was something that was created in Shemaim and brought down to planet earth number one and the script Michtov elokim it was God's script. God wrote it. Etched into the tablets. Gives you an idea of what this was. Okay. Now, we're in the middle of source nine. Down to page two, I believe. Or maybe on page one, I have a different 25. list. Okay, then when Moshe came close to the camp, and he sees the calf and the dancing Moshe got it. upset and he cast from his hand the tablets and he broke them at the foot of the mountains now let us look at some simple commentaries here to give you an idea of what exactly is going on over here. So in source number 10, the Yalkut Shimoni, I'm sort of have the English here, when it talks about the luchos was a maiseh Elokim Hema. he says, the luchos lo niv rubin ars, they were not created from the earth. Elamina Shemayim, it was from the heavens. Okay? luchos when God told Moshe to get the second luchos, that was from Rocks, very, very precious elements not a rock, very precious elements, but that was there on the mountain. So that's what I say. It clearly came from heaven. Now, the Tanya adds a little bit to this in source eleven. He says, Beyud Hadibros in the Ten Commandments, Hachakukos Beluchos that were etched into the tablets. shibaron Benes, they were miraculous." Umaiselokim chaim. And it was an act of Hashem, the living God. And it all came Ba'olam Habriya from the world of Bria So there's all kinds of worlds, remember. There's the world of Atzilos. These are all beyond us. And then Bria Yitzira, and Asiya. is planet Earth and the and the and the constellations. So there's two spiritual worlds. The Luchos were were made from the world of Bria somehow sent down. But there's two things over here. Two things: the physical luchos were of a divine nature, and the script was a divinely uh, created script. Now, what does it mean? It was etched; it was etched into the stone through and through, miraculously, as if you—it was carved in, and you see the letter is etched into it it was miraculous totally miraculous so we have to ask a simple question why did Moshe break them why did he break them this is an incredibly beautiful thing so let's see what we got the Hebrew and the English over here this is a very interesting thing, he says. He looked, This is after the, he's coming down with them. He sees the Jews are cynic. He looked at them. he saw He saw the writing, was flying off of them. Amar he said, Hey, no lohem How can I give the Jewish people these tablets? Bahem Mamish. That don't have anything to them. El rather, e'echos, I will grab them, I will break them. And that's what the Possig says. What we read, I grabbed the two towels, I cast them out of my two hands, and I broke them. What does this mean? <laughs> let's uh let's give an example. Let's say you uh Let's say you buy a, a bracelet, very expensive bracelet for your wife or for your husband, we have to be equal on this, right? <laughs> And it's the bracelet, it's like a, a precious metal, what, I don't know what the most precious titanium face, I don't know what, very precious. The, the material itself is worth a million dollars. And then you engrave the most beautiful tone. And as time passes, the, uh, you know, I was at the cemetery this week, last week, and you see uh, old uh, tombstones, monuments, you can't read them anymore, right? So let's say this thing, you know, the letters just got all, you can't read it. So what do you do? You, You throw out the bracelet. Is the bracelet of no value? I know it was a very beautiful engraved poem. it's not there? But the bracelet is 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 worth millions. So let's say the letters flew off. But wait a minute! Didn't we say the tablets themselves embodied being God's work? How could Moses say it had no substance? That's what he says. He says, now that the letters flew off of the tablets, the tablets have no substance. What are you talking about they have no substance? They're made by God. That's plenty of substance, if you ask me. And it doesn't mean, well, not as much. It says, Ein bahem mamash. The Hebrew is much stronger than the English. It's like zero.
1: What
0: do you mean Zero. You could say it's not worthy for anything, but to say Abraham Mamash? Very strong. So how could he say that? Okay. Anyway, so whatever he, he so he's got this red he's got this. Okay, whatever. Now, does that justify breaking it? it doesn't he have another option? What else? If you were Moshe and you're up on that mountain, And you got this precious, these tablets were made by God. I I have no way of understanding what it was. Mm. Okay, so the letters flew off. Okay, so what do you do with it? What would you do with it? Put them aside.
1: Take them
0: back uh, to the mountain. Don't give them back. <laughs> Take, return. <laughs> it comes from Amazon. It's missing the letters.
2: <laughs> why you
0: return Moshe comes uh, Hashem says, okay, give me Paul's one of seven right, reasons right, why you're right. returning this. It's <laughs> not what you ordered, wrong one. Say <laughs> hey, the letters flew off. <laughs> but it's such a precious thing, just give it back. Right? And obviously Moshe, it says he had to take hold of them. What do you mean he had to take hold of them to break them? To what what, what is this teaching us? Okay, what's going on over here? So this is another, like, the
2: whole thing doesn't make sense. But you've also I recall I hope I recall this correctly, that you said that he actually saw the dancing and celebrating before he approached them as he was coming down the mountain. And it wasn't... It, it, it was almost like it was a, a pre-planning.
0: Well, we didn't know he was going to break them yet. It was, it was only when he saw them doing it. Okay. Right? So obviously, obviously I, he wanted them to see him break it. Obviously, he wanted them to see him break it. But again, he, they could have seen him just be there and just take him back. Okay, so uh, the, uh, the Or Sameach, uh, has a whole one way of looking at this and why he breaks it. Very good interpretation. We gave that many years ago, but we're not going to go there today. We're going to go into the world of Hasidus. And let's uh, give a few examples. With Hasidus, it's always good to give an example here, an example there, and then come to what you want to get to. But the main point, this is the one you want to get. There are certain types of relationships that redefine you at your core. And because they are, as we'll use the term, engraved in your soul. And once you taste that relationship, you cannot go back. So let me give you two examples to make this idea clear, if you, if you don't have that totally clear. You could have an issue, let's say, of shalom bias. So a couple comes to a rabbi, and they're having shalom bias problems, turns to the wife, and he says to the wife, What's, what seems to be the problem? He says, well, when we first got married, my husband spent time with me, but now he's so busy, I mean, he's so busy, he gets up very early to go to Dafyomi. Then he has to go to work. He does a carpool here, a carpool there. Then he comes home. It's like six, six, seven o'clock. Okay, he helps him put the kids to bed. But then he has goes to back to to learn, and this and that. And then you know, there's a lot of. Uh, and I guess he he lives in the tri-state area. There's a lot of dinners and simchas and weddings. You know, it's like crazy. Like we're we're having a wedding in New Jersey. Like my mechutan says, you should know. There's. You know how many weddings are in New Jersey every night? <laughs> in the tri—forget in the tri-state area yeah. now, now. This season must be—I don't know—forty, 40, 50 weddings When's a night. To, New well, York, Jersey, New Jersey, Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. Oh, Connecticut. Connecticut. It's like inc- he says. You know, you could go to a simcha every night. <laughs> so the guy's going to a simcha, and the wife says, "And I leaves me at home alone, and I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I'm scared. I'm alone in the house." So the rabbi turns to the husband, no, nope, what do you have to say? He says, I don't understand. Before you married me, you were single, right? Yes. And where did you live? You had an apartment in the lower, uh, upper west side. And many nights you were alone. Were you lonely then? Were you afraid then? No, you seemed fine so now just pretend that I'm not there
2: (laughs) very logical from a man's perspective
0: very logical so the rabbi would say let me introduce you to Shalom (laughs) Vice. but if you think about it for just a moment from a cold calculating male perspective it makes sense (laughs) you were able to live alone so live alone again But what's the obvious answer? The obvious answer is now that I have a relationship with you and now that I love you and I like you, now you not being there creates an absence that didn't exist beforehand. And that's what we're saying. There's certain relationships that redefine you at the core. Or, law alone should never happen, a parent loses a child. Now, this would be the dumbest shiva call that I'm going to describe for you now. Like, hey. don't do this. <laughs> Let's say they have 10 kids and they have a little kid got run over by a car just they're sitting here for the kid. Okay. Do not try this. <laughs> First you're going to say, well, listen, it's not that bad. You just love nine kids. <laughs> okay. Who and then that? you say, listen, this is the youngest one. Before he was born, you had nine kids. Okay? So if you wouldn't have had this one, it wouldn't have been a problem. So pretend he never came. Don't do this. Who would? Oh, you'd be surprised. I would be. But the point is that once you had this child and you lived with him for five years, and especially the mother, she nursed the child. And she saw this and that. She has a, a new relationship. That person means everything to her. And you can't go back without that relationship. Okay. Let me give one other example, a totally different one. This is a quote from Leonard Bernstein. You know who he was. He was the great Jewish conductor. So this is what he said following. Life without music is unthinkable. Whoa, well, that's interesting. When he was born, he didn't know how to play an instrument. I don't know, I don't know when, to, maybe it's a tragedy, but anyway. But he, life without music is unthinkable. Now think about that. I could live without music. Could you live without music? If there was no music, could you live without? Yeah, sure. Why can't he? He That's, had a special relationship. Ah, uh, because he, he now that he you know everything he did, this is part of his life. Right. Now what if we would tell uh he's not alive anymore, but uh what do you say, Leonard, listen, we'll, we'll, I got a great opportunity for you. Um stop playing. I'm gonna give you a million dollars a year and just enjoy life in the Bahamas. You know, and go go take trips and you know I guess the Philharmonic he worked for says, We're retiring you, Leonard. And here, we're going to give you unlimited travel expenses. Go around the world, enjoy yourself. What's he going to say? Nope. Say, Nothing doing. Life is unthinkable without music. He'd probably pay to be able to play music because that changes his life. Okay, one last example. I'll try to give different examples. This is from. Uh, Politics, American Revolution. Okay, Okay, I guess not, no Americans here, right? No, no things, just one. You're it. Thomas (coughs) Paine. He's one of these early 1760s that, you know, remember they were trying to uh, throw away the crown and all these things. Great line, and it's on the title sheet of the class A mind once enlightened cannot again be dark. In other words, once you're tasting freedom, they felt a certain freedom in the United States because the British were so far away. So in other words, once we tasted freedom, we can't go back to being subjects of the crown. Okay? You can't go back to the person you were before that because you cannot leave the person you are now. And this is a soul in life. Okay? Once, so, maybe, yes. So now, so let's think about this. We have the tablets, okay, were holy. The tablets themselves are very holy. But then they were etched with a holy writing that was etched into it. Now let's think about it. If God would have written the tablets, taken a holy ink and written on tablets, how would that have been different than etching into the tablets? What would be the existential difference between those two ways of writing? Etching That's two different
1: yeah.
0: yeah. If you write on top, it's two yeah. separate things. Yeah. It's just ink. You could scratch the ink off you take a sefer Torah, you could scratch the ink off the sefer Torah and have parchment without the ink, but when it's etched into the stone, the only you can only break the stone. That's you cannot. It's inseparable from it. Okay, so what does that mean? That means that stone, which was holy, now that it got those letters etched into it it now has a relationship with something even holier than it. And it now wasn't just holy stone. It was holy stone with the words of the holy God and it transformed it into something else. Now, keeping that idea in mind, if those letters would go out of that stone, that stone could not live. In the way it did, as it did before, it got etched. Into it. <coughs> See, that is the metaphor, but the reality. It was a holy stone, no question about it, and he didn't have to do anything, and it's holy. Good. Now God made holy writing, etched it into the stone, so now the stone has a relationship with the etcher. <laughs> what are you going to call the artist? Yeah and now the letters are mamish etched into it, the stone is not the same stone anymore. And if somehow the letters fly off, which I'll have to explain what that means exactly, and it's the same stone again, it can't, once it's seen the light, it can't be dark again. It cannot exist. And therefore what has to happen has to break. It, it just cannot exist this way.
1: So if the letters are flying off,
0: Okay, so why
1: doesn't the stone just break apart itself? Like the letters are flying off, the stone breaks apart. But Moshe actually broke
0: the tab. Because he's showing that it can't exist this way. Anymore. Now, the truth of the matter is, the letters did not actually physically fly out of it. Okay. What the Medrash means is, the holiness of the letters flew out. In other words, and you could only see it with metaphysical vision. In other words, if you would look, if you had a picture, if you could even picture this, the Lukas had the letters there. They're still there.
1: So Moshe sees
0: the, the letters flying out. It's it's that divine energy that was in the etching. That divine energy was leaving it. And now those letters aren't, aren't letters anymore. The is a piece of rock. It's not a holy That's got... No, no, the rock is still holy rock. But the letters, like when it was a rock, let's say it has 60 degrees of holiness. Now with the etching, it's 100 degrees of holiness. The holiness went out and went back to 60. But when oh, you're right. at 100, you cannot go back to 60. You cannot go back to 60. You know, you have sometimes, if you have a couple... That was the perfect marriage perfect marriage. so when one spouse loses that spouse, it's almost impossible that will get married again because once i've been with so and so, I can't go back it's, it's, it's ridiculous so that's that's the message that's happening over there now um this is exactly why God did all this. Because this is exactly what Hashem did with the Jewish people. So let me give another mashal before I get to them. Okay, let's say you have a, a person. And uh, somebody makes him an offer. He says, listen, I'm going to take care of your whole life. Everything you need. All the food you want. Exercise. This, You'll never have to work a day in your life. This Sounds good. Where is this? In a stable. Stable every morning, I'll give you the best breakfast in the world, whatever you want best lunch, best supper. Can run around, jump over the little things (laughs) like all the horses there. You see the horses, how happy they are. And you know, we can, and it's a big stable, and there's a fence around on the outside so you can run around in the meadow a little bit. Would a person? would any of you take that deal? Like a deal? Why not? Everything's been taken care of for you. The answer is, yeah. That's well, the horses are happy. Why couldn't you be happy? The answer, I'm not so a really horse. No, I'm not a horse. If I was a horse, I'd be happy. Yeah. If I'm not a horse. So let's understand when the Jewish people came to Sinai. Now, they were. Their bodies were holy if you take a quick look at source what's the next one we have to do it's 13 right 13 the Tanya says when we say the blessing in the Kiddush you chose us from every people it's referring to the physical body a Jewish body is sacred is holy by definition it is holy then Jews were a holy people they came to the mountain And now, God, as he etches into the stone, when he said the Ten Commandments, he etched his essence into our souls. Now, so we're exactly like the stones. That's, first of all, the metaphor. Why did God make this stone? To say, just like you, your Jewish bodies are, uh, what do you call it, utensils, receptacles, holy receptacles, they're able to retain a divine soul that's been put into you. Although your body was holy, now it's supercharged holy. And therefore, once the Jew tasted the infinity, the true reality of existence of the divine, there's no going back. what happened because of that or what is one of the collateral consequences I don't want to call it collateral damages what is very often happens to us we have feelings of restlessness we just don't ever seem to be happy with the way things are you know it's like Okay, you know, it's, a lot of us think, you know, am I doing enough? Have I done everything I can? And uh, Jews are pretty restless people. Why is that? And a lot of us say, oh, you know, maybe you have to go to a psychiatrist. Hmm. You know, you're not happy. Why aren't you happy? Everything is good. But Jews in general are just ne- never happy. A lot of them. What do you mean? You got this, that. Yeah, but, you know, can get better... I could be a better avid Hashem I'm probably not such a good Avidashem. And and we can get very you can fall into depressions from this. So you have to know not to worry. Not to worry. Because the soul knows your potential. And you know, if you, if you ever remember that, you know, sometimes you heard sometimes the most beautiful melody in the world. Sometimes there's beautiful songs. And he this is this is it, this is my song. And then what happens? You forget it. And then what happens? You, and, you, and you know, like when there's a good song, you know, you can't go on YouTube and say, play my favorite song that I don't remember what it sounds like. You know, it, YouTube, will, or Siri will say, can you give me some letters, can you spell it? No, I don't know anything about it, but it was a great tune. So what do you do? You go to this philharmonic, that philharmonic, then you're going around and they are not hearing it. So what does it sound like, you know, and you don't know anything about B major and F flat, the face, all these other things. So only when you'll hear that song again will you feel it. The neshama, our, our neshama, first of all, when you're in the mother's womb, you're taught the whole Torah. A Jewish neshama has tasted the greatest song of the soul. And once you have that, he can't go back without it once Hashem infused a divine soul in the Jew there's no such thing as not acting divine anymore and just like for example you know this Perikshira Perikshira that goes through everything that's created in the world everything sings the grasshopper sings the horse sings the sky sings the earth sings everybody sings and you know everyone has that special song, and uh, other people seem to be happy with their special song. But when you hear their special song, you're not so happy because that's not your special song. So what the Jews experienced at Har Sinai, Hashem's core became our consciousness, and once we tasted it, nothing can satisfy us. And what does that mean? We now have a place of the infinite, infinite inside us. And the infinite does not like to be limited. And therefore, no matter what you accomplish in life, if you don't live the way you're supposed to with the soul in, it's like the letters have flown off the stone. From the letters, right? So if you want to do a Miller's analogy, okay, Uh, a Miller's analogy is um a person is to the tablets the body the body of a person is to the tablets as the soul is to the engraved letters okay so the person is holy the tablets were holy the tablets were engraved in them a higher level of holiness the jewish people at sinai with the torah right and and, the, and the, the says there's no one as free as someone who what who is totally involved in Torah because it says the tablets were etched and Hashem so to speak took every Jewish soul at Sinai and etched into your soul the letters now not exactly the same you know what I mean Spirit, again the same you can't see those letters the divine soul was put in you now what does that mean that means if just like you take the, the if the letters would fly off that element that made the stone soul seen the light and if those letters fly off the stones even though it's worth everything it's worthless it can't go back to being just a stone I can't be a stone anymore so a Jewish soul that, that was well, we got a Torah at Sinai every Jew got a divine soul and we say mystically every Jew is at Sinai and we all got that divine soul so what does that mean you have a divine soul divine soul is endless it never stops growing so what happens what if you don't what if you stop growing I, I did this I did this I did this I did this and I've I have can not think of anything else to do Then, what happens the letters have flown off and then, chas v'shalom, there's nothing left but to break you. Ah, that's when the satan comes. The satan breaks you now because he says you're not worth anything. And the truth is, you aren't. Not that, not that you aren't worth, you can't live with yourself. You follow? Just like the, you know, if you were, you, as I say, overqualified for a job, Right? And and you can't do that job anymore. So why just you know you have have, have, these people immigrate to the country? They were uh, astrophysicists, and they're uh, you know uh, working at the cashier at Soapies. Like they feel like they're dead. There's no life. Why do so many Jews are depressed? Because inside you know there's better. You've seen better. There's been better. And I can't go back to being regular now. Okay, and therefore. You know, Bernstein will not take a life with millions, even millions! So you understand what's with Jews? Jews who don't have any Torah, anything, what do they do? They succeed in everything in the world. But they're not happy. And they have all kinds of troubles. Because, why? They they've, they've getting no kashmak out of life. They just distract themselves. You can distract yourself, but you can't live with yourself. That's why a Jew can't live with himself if he, if he lets the letters fly off. Okay? So, the, just like the luchos were holy, but God infused his holiness into the letters, so now he he refined those luchos, and those luchos cannot exist anymore. And therefore, you find the same thing, where let's say a person found their tzaddik, their rebbe, What happens if the Rebbe dies? That Rebbe took that person and put him on a whole different level. Now the Rebbe dies. Can you replace it? No. And that person for a while will feel, I have nothing. I have nothing. Because who's going to give me guidance when I need guidance? Who's going to show me how to understand the Torah? I don't know what to do. And therefore, it's very interesting when the, when the Tzadik dies. What happens when the Tzadik dies? Now, the Tzadik is way beyond us. The Tzadik, he is mamish to We vacillate. <laughs> but the Tzadik, those letters have been engraved in him. He's been living that way his entire life. The body is just knowing one thing. The letters are in the Tzadik. He keeps growing and growing. He's infinite, he doesn't stop. Then the soul goes out of the tzaddik, the letters have left, and what's left? A very holy body, but it's got to decompose, because that holy body without the soul can't, can't live with itself anymore. I know there's stories of tzaddikim that still didn't decompose but mystically, one day they all even if so, they have to decompose they have to decompose because why? because without that soul there's nothing there and this is what it means so once the body tastes the soul the body cannot just be a lifeless body it's inseparable it has to decompose and this is what it means Kasha, it's heavy Heavy, what it meant is those luchos, it seems to say the luchos became heavy. When they became heavy, the luchos couldn't carry themselves anymore because they didn't have the soul of the luchos anymore. When the luchos were infused with the letters, they weren't even heavy. The, they were very heavy rocks. They were heavy, even holy, holy heavy rocks. But the, the soul, when the letters, the soulful engraving was in it, it was like it took a supernatural reality of itself. But when that left, then it became, it couldn't, couldn't stand itself, couldn't sit with itself. That's what it means heavy. And that's the same thing with the tzaddik. The same thing with the tzaddik remains as heavy. And, theref, and therefore we understand that Tanya says in Source 14, he says the life of the tzaddikim is not a physical life. They leave a spiritual life their, their bodies are kodesh, says the Zohar in source fifteen, and their souls are kachik kodesh, and all these are all these. The Gemara and Barakos says tzaddikim have no rest in this world, and they have no rest in the world to come. Why they have no rest? What do you mean? There's no such thing as rest. An infinite being cannot rest. When you that soul inside of you cannot rest. That's what you shuckle. It's let's where where are we going? What are we doing? It's no it's such thing as status quo. No such whats that? Hemostasis. Homeostasis. No homeostasis. 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 such thing with a Jew homeostasis, unless the homeostasis is constantly moving. I don't know if that's a homeostasis. I don't know my Latin. But when you're not when you're not growing, that's the worst part. The worst part in hype It's such a sickness. We will say this is as far as I'm going. At that point, when the Jew says that, the letters have flown out. And at that point, the Jew now spiritually retards.
2: Yeah. There's something um, that's, that's that I find a little bit disturbing. There. If a great siddiqin had passed, we've got this. We have the, we have the learnings. We have their memory. We have uh, their their analysis of the Torah. Yeah, have yeah, their viewpoint, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like you, you reference yeah. many of them in your yeah yeah. But it looks like, uh, Kali Shro. Forgot what their promise was at, at Sinai. They basically, you know, because Moshe was a day late, they created an idol, they created, um, and, and it's just like it was forgotten. A Sadiq a doesn't seem to be forgotten. And at that moment in time, it seems like it was forgotten. I, I, maybe I'm going off with of too much of a tangent here, but. So, what are you really asking? I'm asking, is it really a pair? I mean, was it
0: fair that they sinned or what? I, I'm sure. I'm no, I don't
2: think it was. What? I mean, if something's out a
0: day late and you go okay, so, 180 so, degrees. So you're wondering how this could have happened? How could it have happened? Yeah. Okay, so that's a great question and that deserves a different class. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, <laughs> a, it's a very good question. <laughs> say, it it's a very good question. It was <laughs> <laughs>
1: They did. It wasn't a total one. Oh, no, no. It was. The, Hashem, had
0: Hashem, Hashem had stacked the deck against them. It was also yeah. part From of a, that.
2: Yeah, but and if you have an airplane for a vacation and, and, and you got beautiful a. beautiful weather, you say, I'm going back home. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 and but, yeah, but you nice see place, but I'm out of That for
0: yeah. them, yeah. they felt, they felt that the letters flew off by them, even. Really? How could you go back? To, like, how can you go back? Once you have Sinai, how can you be satisfied with what you're doing? And that really is what the. T- one of these, this remembrance is, the remembrance is, you've got to remember, you've got, that's why, by definition, if a Jew is not constantly growing, the letters are flying off of his soul. And that's what Moshe is saying. The Jews, for whatever reason, at that moment, when Moshe is going to bring down the Torah, the Jews had to be if they already were infused with that divine soul, yeah. and they had their own souls etched with Torah, it should have meant that we would keep on growing, even now we can keep, even without motion. We, and what was the growth? The growth was to have a munah. Right. The growth was, as the, the Mephorsim explained, that at Sinai they had a munah in the brain, but not a, a munah of emotions. And that was the next step of the growth. Was a moon of the emotions.
1: That's Intellectual
0: amuna right. is one thing. I believe in Hashem in my mind. That's great. But from the mind to the heart is a long, long highway. It's about 12 inches. A very long highway. <laughs> and to be able to live and feel with that amuna, that was the next growth step. And they said, No, this was enough. We believe in God in our mind. But that, to go further, no, that's exactly what's supposed to be. And if they could grow a little bit more, then they'd get these tablets. And Moshe's showing them, No, 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 no. I guess. The tablets are breaking because you've broken. Now that's why you can't just bring, the, we ask, why did not you just bring the tablets back? You can't. The tablets, once the letters have gone off, the tablets can't live with themselves anymore. Uh, uh, that's uh, as a metaphor. And a Jew, you can't live with yourself anymore. If you're going to allow the letters to fly off, you can't live with yourself anymore. Okay. So now we gotta still so now okay, so so what is the positive thing from this? We still ask so we took care of a few questions, but now so why would we take this out to war? Well, why would we take it out to war? So let's take a look at to Rambam, source number seventeen.
1: You know it came from. So you
0: still Yeah, but the the, what well, how does this fit into going to war? So let's okay. So as a general question what gives Goy asks what gives the Jews a right to uh, be imperialistic Go into Canaan wasn't your land you go destroy all the enemies that's Mohammed's mitzvah mitzvah wars and if a Jewish king feels we have to expand our borders we can go to other countries we're allowed to go to another country and wage war with them as David did to uh, Syria so a secular person looks and says, wow, Jews are very imperialistic. What, what business is this? So let's see the Rambam 17 and 18. A priori, the king does not go out to fight other than a war of mitzvah. What is a war of mitzvah? This is the war against the seven nations or the war against the Moloch or any war to assuage Israel of a persecutor. After this, he might fight discretionary wars, which are those wars he conducts against the other nations, in order to enlarge the borders of Israel and increase his renown, meaning Hashem's, and reputation, so the Gentiles will be afraid of us and won't bother us. The Hebrew says it's so much better, but it's to make Hashem's greatness understood. We have to expand. Jews know they're all about Tikkun Olam. How can there all Tikkun Olam if there's non-Jews who don't believe in God? It's not just not believing in God, but you live a low, disgusting life. It's God's world. And therefore, the in source 18 says, in all matters, the king's deed shall be for the sake of heaven. His purpose and intent shall be to elevate the true faith and fill the world with justice, destroying the power of the wicked and waging the wars of God. What is the Torah telling us over here? Let's think about it. The Jews were in the desert. No one's bothering them in the desert. And the spies mistakenly thought, we could live forever in the desert. Why couldn't we live forever in the desert? The answer is that's not the will of God. God created a world. The whole world should know there's, there's a divine reality. And therefore, Hashem says to us, I blew a soul into you. You are an infinite creature. That means you have infinite capabilities and infinite growth. And you never stop growing. If you sit in this desert, you will stop growing. You go to the land of Canaan and there are infidels. And now not only that, you're not gonna get manna from heaven anymore. You now, this is all this this last speech Moses is giving here. they're gonna leave the desert. They're still having money as he's speaking to them. You're gonna go into the land, you're gonna, Work the ground, and this you're going to take the thing that's so far away from God. You will expand God's reach in a in a in a in a revealed way in the land of Israel. And you got to expand and grow because if you're going to stay where you are, you're nish, you have a neshama that feels growth. And if you say no more growth, the letters go out. Then the stone isn't worth anything. And therefore, you're not going to go anywhere And what happens? What happened when the Jews And I, Shem keeps warning us in these Parsha's Don't follow the non-Jews Don't make any treaties Don't make any pacts with them <coughs> Come on, we're tired We have to fight more Yeah, you have to keep fighting Well, we fought seven years It doesn't matter, there's still Canaanites out there You're taking it easy? You want the letters to fly out? You can't live this way if you're not constantly pushing into the world that the Tikkun Olam, and it's hard. You think it's easier every day? Yeah, you miss some Canaanites that ran away. You got to go after them and find them, and you know, and get them either to accept Hashem. It's not about us becoming rich people. It's getting the world to appreciate Hashem. And even when we get to such a state, oh, so we're in an aristocrat. What about the rest of the world? And this is the Mechamas Rishus, and, and you go out and we want the whole world to grow and understand Hashem. So what's gonna be the best reminder that you don't lose sight of that goal? Take the broken tablets with you. It's not a prosecution. The, golden t- the broken tablets are asking us a question. Are you gonna be a broken tablet too? you the broken tablet because the broken tablet means you were exposed to so much, you know so much you've been so amazing and now you want to take a step back down when you take a step back down you can't you, you, you're not you nothing anymore and that's why it's such a great danger the bigger the tzaddik you are the bigger the eights are, another interpretation the bigger tzaddik means you're so used to so much more. And then sometimes it's hard to figure out what's the next thing I can do. And if you don't come up with that next step, what happens? The letters go out, because that's the divine nature of the human being, and then you're like a broken tablet. So when they're going out to battle to encourage them, we have to get, oh, this was like a tough enemy, maybe we're gonna back them." So, so Rabbi, so you understand, me and you were not fighting battles in a physical war. We're battles with the Yetzirah. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of worn torn from my battles with the Yetzirah over 66 <laughs> years. <sighs> you know, and whenever I win one battle, he comes up with another one. You know, you dealt with this Sahara. you know, the Canaanites. Okay, how about the Prezites? And how about, you know, I dealt, I dealt, I dealt, let's say, you know, I dealt with my anger. Not a problem I dealt with my arrogance, not a problem anymore. So then what else do you do? Well, chef could send you all kinds of things. How about health issues? That's a whole new area of Avodah decision. If you're always healthy and all of a sudden you're not so healthy, that's a whole new area of Avodah decision. So really these parts are telling us we're always supposed to go to battle. But so, I did enough as Captain Kirk's famous line. I've done enough for king and country, now I'm entitled. To live in that, uh, I forgot that special place of his Oilum Haba, the Nexus. The if Nexus. You're, if, you're, uh, if you know Star Trek, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yes, about. Yes, I
1: do. <laughs> you
0: know, it's like their idea of Oilum Haba. You know, every dream yeah. you wanted. Yeah. And you get to Like, he likes to chop wood and ride horses. Yeah. And, that, and they want to the bring guy you back the... from the Nexus and to come back to planet Earth and right. help yeah. them. He said, I've done my job for King well, of I the guy country. left the Nexus I'm so to, rest. to get back in. <laughs> Right? But anyway. But I'm just saying, you get a boy said, say, listen, that's it. That's enough. I've done enough already. Listen, I keep Shabbos, I keep kosher, I keep. This is tiring. Now you give me a new thing. I've been learning Torah. Now I gotta start learning Hasidus. What is this Hasidus? What is are these Hasidus? I, I know what it says in the Torah. I understand enough. No, no, you gotta. You gotta... So, so let me leave it the way it is. Once you leave it the way it is, the tablets are broken. And then, whoa, where are you gonna go? Because that soul will give you no rest. All of a sudden, what are you doing in these disgusting places? What are you doing over there? Because this is the rule. This is you have to remember this rule. A mind once enlightened cannot again be dark. And that's and that's and so now it's very clear. That's as kosher. Kusha is the sin of the golden cat. The breaking of the tablets is so kosher. Because when the tablets can't live with the letters it can't exist it. it's too hard to live that way same thing when a tzaddik dies because when that soul that special soul leaves the body can't exist and for us all the more so because remember mm-hmm. what is it mm-hmm. every Joseph portion of the world to come and the prophet says tzaddikim. we're all tzaddikim on our level we're a and therefore, we, we can never be satisfied where we're at. That, and therefore, you have to realize, if that's how you're feeling, you don't need any psychiatrists. You just need to say, where's the next challenge in life? Uh, are you never satisfied? Yeah, I'm never satisfied. The ambassador of God, there's more terrain to have God rule over. As long as we're on that derech, the luchos are not shattered. But, but we went to battle. So every time we go to battle, we have to take those broken luchos with us to remember, do I want a break? No, you can't take a break. If you take a break, you break. And that's what's uh, interesting. We read it in summer vacation. Summer vacation, oh, I was learning hard. I'm entitled to a break. Got to be careful because that's where the worst things happen. Hashem should uh, make us feel good. He said, feel good. Don't feel bad that you're, I could be better This than that. Say Hashem, bring it on, baby. Just give me this chos that I should know what I'm doing is is positive growth as opposed to negative growth. Okay, shikoyev everybody. Okay, so it's very... uh,